Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zebra Talk, the podcast where we go beyond the stripes and shine a little light onto the lives and the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right. I'm talking about the referees. We're joined today by one of my favorite people in professional wrestling. I'm so excited to get to do this because there's so many really cool people, so many wonderful uh, positive people that I know through professional wrestling that I really want to give this platform to introduce themselves to everybody else. And this is definitely one of them. Uh, you've seen him on MLW. You've seen him on future of honor. He's all over the East coast. You know, he travels all over the place. He's, uh, you know, made his home now with game changer wrestling. He was all over the collective this last year. Uh, please welcome referee Adam Galt. Thank you, Odie. Uh, thanks for having me here on Zebra Talk. Excited to be here. Thank you for the kind words. Um, you know, I think as we've mentioned in conversations of the past, it's, uh, you know, they always say you make friends in the wrestling business, but it's nice to consider you as one of my friends and, uh, you know, out of a lot of really great referees that are out there. So excited to be here and thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much for the kind words. You know, it's, uh, it's one thing when you're like peers or you're, uh, you know, like, bosses or promoters or whatever uh have faith in you but when you've earned the respect and the faith of the people who do the same job as you that's like you know a whole nother level so it's very cool uh thank you so let's dive right in uh before we start this off let, uh, i've already thrown myself under the bus in a couple of interviews this is actually round two with adam uh you know <laughs> as i've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast already uh, about a year or so ago i interviewed a handful of people uh, and those interviews never saw the light of day. So hopefully this one's actually going to make it somewhere. We also saw you on the Q&A, uh, which, you know, was a very enjoyable yes. experience. Um, why don't you tell us, we're just going to go right ahead from the beginning. Uh, tell us where you're from. Tell us your early days with pro wrestling and how you found your way into the job you're in now. Sure, sure. So um, I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, as I feel like most people know, because I'm kind of like Philly proud and like put it out there a lot. But, but um, you don't really use John's a lot, which I noticed recently. No, I, I will. Uh, John's will come, you know, out there a little bit more, but it, it's been <laughs> a significant amount of time. And the accent isn't as bad as, as a lot of people that are, you know, who, you know, really rep that accent hard. So mine's kind right. of in control, but it comes out at certain times. But uh, yeah, born and raised in Philly, um, and uh, I, you know, was always a fan of wrestling in general, just like mm -hmm. the concept, I think. Um, I was really close with my older cousins uh, because my aunt, my godmother would watch my brother and I after school um, when we were young because my mom and dad both worked. So my aunt would pick us up after school and I would spend a lot of time with my two older cousins uh, who were kind of like extra big brothers and um, sure. they loved everything that I loved, which was superheroes, the normal stuff, uh, and pro wrestling. Power and Rangers, pro wrestling, the whole nine. Yeah. Yeah. GI <laughs> yeah. Joe. Some of the stuff that was a little bit when I was too young, but like being a nineties kid, you know, definitely, uh, always liked wrestling and like was aware that it was something that I thought was cool. We, uh, I always talk about the 1999, oh, sorry, 1993 Royal Rumble match. Cause that was one they had on cassette. So sure. we would like watch that a lot. And I just Is this another one of those Coliseum video stories. Yeah. yeah <laughs> awesome. And um, I just watched that recently because I'm watching all the rumbles back and it was just, mm -hmm. it was funny to see what I remembered and because it'd been a while, but we watched that a lot, but the, so I liked it, but I was a kid. It, it was what it was. I, um, when it, when the wrestling bug, as they say, bit me and like, there was no turning back. Uh, WrestleMania 15 was in Philadelphia. Sure. It was 1999. Um, so like heart of the attitude era, right in the middle. So popularity is, is pretty big. Not to mention um, this is I, the first time you get to see rock versus stone cold, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that was a huge uh, influence on you yeah. in the main event. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, I actually didn't watch it. That's what's funny about it. Oh, okay. So, go ahead. So WrestleMania 15 is in, in Philly. And again, I'm not really like a hardcore fan. I just like wrestling. What it is, what it is. And I'm in third grade at the time. And the next, that Monday morning, uh, a, a classmate of mine went to WrestleMania and that's all he could talk about was the night before. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, I always liked wrestling, but I haven't watched in a while, I guess is what third grade Adam was thinking. Sure. And, and, and I was like, I better watch tonight. So I watched Monday night raw that night and then there was no turning back. So yeah. the night after WrestleMania 15 is when I was like, then all in again, it was always something I liked and then boom. So I just became obsessed like, like most others. Uh, and I, um, as I got older, my first 
independent wrestling show was Ring of Honor in 2003. So I was 13. So I guess from from third grade, it was like nine. I loved, you know, mainly WWF, WCW, mainly WWF. Um, sure. And then we all had know, our side, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. In, in a way. And then, um, and, you know, being from Philly, everybody asks about ECW. And again, my cousins would watch that when I was younger and I saw like some of it was well, crazy. like you're in third grade in 99. Yeah, it's not like you're sitting there watching the New Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit over the head. So Although you and I are almost the same age. And like, I was definitely trying to find uh, ECW. I never knew when it was on TV, though. But I love hearing these stories from uh, those of you that are like from like New England and specifically the Pennsylvania area, because you guys had a really unique experience in growing up in wrestling where like you were right in the hotbed. Like you were uh, a stone's throw away from like the absolute best wrestling still to this day that like people talk about, you know, like almost obsessively, please tell me about uh Rick of honor. Yeah. And uh, well, and it also still translates to today, which I think is a lot of success that I've had as a referee as well. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. So ring of honor, I discovered that I started to discover the independence mm-hmm. and uh, I was uh, second row at the show that I think Samoja won the ring of honor title and then I quickly became immersed with the independence. And then it was just kind of, you know, loved everything about wrestling, was into everything. So I was, as most were planning to become a wrestler. That was kind sure. of my goal. But I got sidetracked a bit in high school. I did start amateur wrestling in seventh grade uh, when I was 12 because at the time, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar were like the best. And I yeah. wanted, I understood the difference, but I said, I should do the real thing to then parlay into the professional ranks. Um, So that was kind of my goal. But then I got really before we before we move on, we don't really hear too much about uh, like amateur wrestling from uh, referees. Like, tell me a little bit about your experience with amateur wrestling and like how you think that transitioned into like your experience with pro wrestling. Like what what weight class were you? What were your experiences like? Yeah. So so I'm a smaller guy. And I think that we see that with with referees. Sometimes that's a good thing. And and usually with wrestlers as well with collegiate wrestlers. It's great to be, you know, low center of gravity, low hips, all of that. Yeah, please. Yep. So I was I hovered around 130, 135 pounds all throughout high school. I didn't cut a lot of weight in high school, but I also didn't gain a lot. I stayed at that for actually four years. Like I really haven't grown much uh, in terms besides weight. I haven't grown much since like eighth <laughs> or ninth grade. Um, and so that was kind of where I hovered around. And I, I would suggest, um, I mean, I, I have, I have a, a, I've actually, I'll get a little bit to my coaching career, but um, one of the guys I coached, I know now know he's a huge wrestling fan, kind of like I was when sure. I was his age and he's, probably not going to end up being the best amateur wrestler but he doesn't quit he's got a great attitude he comes he shows up every day works hard and i told him listen if you want to be a pro wrestler all of this is going to help in that way And he's kind of like was more awkward and not aware of his body and i think that's where a lot of that helps um is he in amateur wrestling with you now so that he can become a pro wrestler I, I think that's probably his motivation. Yeah. I think similar to mine, what mine was, um, I did tell him not to let, uh, his love of pro wrestling excluding to some of his goals as amateur. Cause I let that happen a little bit too much uh, in high school, not so much in college, but in high school. So, um, but to your, to your question more, uh, straight up, like when I've done some drills at like the worldwide dojo or when I've done training, people are sometimes surprised even when I, um, when we're doing the roles and 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 like the warm ups, and they're like, You're really like competent, you're stuff. athletic, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> you, you, I've amateur wrestled for 12 years of my, I mean, almost the majority of my life. So, um, you still wrestle and, now, you know, yeah. Um, not too much when I, when I haven't, I stopped coaching a couple of years ago, really to focus just on more of my shoe job and more of refing, to be honest. Sure. So, it, not too much in that, but I, I still when you do it for so long, that muscle memory and that awareness, that body awareness really does yeah. help. So, and I think it, it also helped me with refing because when you ref things like blood sport or like a really classic technical match, like all, all of the little nuances of being aware where the shoulders are asking a guy, like how he's doing. Like, I think a lot of that helps when you have a lot of experience with, with collegiate wrestling or MMA for that, for that matter. Um, Not to mention the fact that like you have that level of experience to know what that intensity feels like when people aren't trying to like recreate it for an audience, when it's like two people that are actually like throwing their bodies against each other and trying to overcome each other, which for the most part, you know, like I found the blood sport, natural born killers, you know, those kind of hybrid, like, amateur wrestling mma shoot fighting you know like uh pro wrestling style shows like it really does feel like they're 
and they're like actually competing with each other, which is, I think, what people gravitate towards uh, so much. It's definitely what appeals to me. Uh, but please yeah. go ahead. And it's a and it's a lot of fun to ref. I will say the two blood yeah. sports <laughs> shows that I've done are, I mean, some of the most fun that I've had refereeing. So, so yeah, so amateur wrestling, um, you know, as I, so again, my goal was, Hey, I want to be a pro wrestler, but I got kind of sidetracked thought to myself, Hey, let me make sure I get my degree, this, that, the other thing. And I continued to uh, wrestle um, in college. I wasn't very good, but I'm happy. I, I still did it because um, it gave me a lot between just being on a, a collegiate team uh, friends. And it kept me in touch with the sport, which led to me coaching, um, at my high school when I graduated from college. So I kind of made my way out of um, saying I was going to be a wrestler, but I still always loved wrestling. And yeah, I mean, you found a way never changed. You found a way, even though you didn't become a wrestler, quote unquote, to literally center your whole life around pro wrestling. Like even before yep. you became a referee, you know, you went through the, your paces, like as a amateur wrestler yourself. Now you're, you know, the coach at your uh, former high school, like it, you know, kudos to you for like taking something that you knew, even at such a very early age, uh, was what you were passionate about and what your dream was and like found a way to really like apply it to your life in a practical way. Yeah. And it, and it really did, um, take over most of my life. I mean, most of my life has kind of been shaped by it. Uh, so, so when I graduated from college, um, I went back, like I said, to, to, I, I went to the university of Scranton, which is only about two hours North of Philly, um, came back home to Philly, loved my high school. I was very rah-rah and evolved in my high school. Um, still work there now. And I, um, wanted, I took over the, the wrestling program and I coached for seven years there. Mm -hmm. Most of my twenties were pretty much dedicated to that place with my, uh, eventually when I was hired there, uh, were, with a full-time position and also being the coach, um, we experienced, we, we, we rebuilt a program. We had a lot of success, uh, um, from when we were, we had some really down <laughs> tough years and then sure <laughs> enough, ended up being a pretty viable program by the end of it. So a lot of things I'm really proud of, but mostly proud of the guys who actually were on the mat and the student athletes who did it. Um, but you know, then I uh, kind before of, we move on, like, uh, you know, you brought them up. Are there any like, uh, you know, collegiate wrestlers that you think people should be aware of that you, you know? Well, I mean, I, I don't stay up on it as much as I used to with, with since I'm not coaching as much anymore, but um, I mean, you, a lot of the guys that were, were enjoyable, you know, enjoyable to watch over the past 10 years, five years, the Kyle Dakes, the David Taylors, the Jordan Burroughs, Jordan Burroughs is more so than he's, you know, been Olympic style. He's still at sure. it. Um, you know, I love watching the NCAA finals every year, which is every March. So even if I'm not keeping up with the season too much, you watch the NCAAs, you watch that weekend, you're going to you're gonna catch up pretty quick and it's a lot of good action. You're going to um, see some really so, amazing stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so so I think if anybody really was curious of doing that, just go to flowwrestling.com. Um, it has a lot of, uh, of good resources to get started in that. And then every March when the NCAAs are on ESPN, it's a lot of easy access for people to watch it, see it it's uh it's the it's it's pretty amazing stuff so sure. that's kind of where i'm at with that and um yeah so trying to see yeah so that, that's what i would think there's there's too many to name quite honestly but some of those guys that made some some big history and there's at every different weight class it also depends on what you learn you like like just like pro wrestling like the big styles are yeah super you know the heavyweights are are, are brooding but they're they're super athletic and then you have you know, the 125, 133 pounders, which is, right. you know, they, they scramble. Um, they're, you know, they're so hard to take down. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible to, to watch some of the, uh, some of the grappling and, and the maneuvering that they'll do in a, in a match for a national championship, which is like, hello, I'm the be absolute best of this weight class in the country. I'm the absolute best of this weight class. And like, you know, it's going to be wild. So yeah. it's, uh, it's enjoyable to watch. I would recommend that for most people or just watch old ones on YouTube. You know, there's, there's plenty of cool stuff to watch and for referees, see what those refs are like. Might yeah, it's a, a, lot a lot of good things to study. Yeah. So yeah. we're uh, a little ways into your twenties. You've uh, remade the program at your uh, high school. You're moving on uh, into your training as a referee. So let's. Uh, yeah. So, so when I, when I was kind of, really in, immersed in the coaching and um, and in my 20s and developing my professional career. Again, like I said, my love of wrestling never wavered. And everything else kind of, I don't want to say wavers, but in my life, whether it's, you know, oh, I really into the Phillies this year, the Eagles, or 
uh, or comic books or whatever, but wrestling never like, nope. It's the that, constant. That, constant. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you go with what you know and, and you go with what you know you love. So, sure. so my, um, my best friend actually uh, growing up was, uh, is Brian Johnson, who's the Mecca for ring of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much he's friendly anymore. If you watch, uh, if you're, uh, if you're aware of him, he's very grumpy and angry mostly all the time. But anyways, Brian. But he's your um, best friend. <laughs> but yeah, but well, yeah, he's a little more <laughs> grumpy nowadays. But <laughs> growing up, we were friendly. So sure. um, we uh, so he was uh, training at old time wrestling in Williamstown, uh, New Jersey. And sure enough, he kind of ended up kind of being the the main trainer there. And also they had uh, shows every Saturday at two o'clock, which were like perfect, you know student shows to, to get reps and they had a, a nice school there um where they really like their their the production wasn't always there um the flashiness wasn't always there the the buzz wasn't always there but the bell-to-bell quality in terms mm-hmm. of like keeping people safe learning good fundamentals all that was very much there so so i great place um, to learn from yes and i let yeah. brian know that I wanted to help in some way. I, and he's like, you should train. I'm like, nope, we're, we've we already made that decision. We will not be training because, I, again, <laughs> I was still so much involved in everything else. Um, I gave my hand at commentating, which was fun. I gave my hand a little bit of interviewing uh, and, and whatnot. But then, um, you know, one day it was, hey, let's let's have you ref. And I started to do it. I hate to say the word hobby, but it was like when I was available, when I wasn't coaching on the weekends. So spring and summer was a lot more uh, available because uh, wrestling is a winter sport and they needed refs. So I would ref. And um, before you knew it, I I started to get pretty good. And and there was one point where the wrestlers at OTW were going to other outside organizations and they're kind of like, Adam, you, you need to be places. They, they you don't suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're like, you're a really good ref and you need to be other places than just OTW. And then as I started to realize that, and as I started to take it more seriously, and as I started to really think, wow, like I could pursue my dream that I had as a kid, which was to be a pro wrestler, but it's a different Avenue, but it's sure. the business. It's um, I started still to really... in there in the ring. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And, and I, so just to give a little bit of timeline, I, 2013 to 2017 is when I did OTW when I could per se. And so, um, but once before like, you move on though, like uh, yeah. you'd mentioned, you know, like not to say like, Oh, I did it as a hobby or whatever, but like, I've had some conversations with people and like, I feel like, it's almost unfortunate how much we like kind of impress upon people that like you have to give your whole life to pro wrestling. Yeah. Because like, you know, there are a lot of people out there who have done this for like many, many years that uh, have enjoyed their time and they've found success in pro wrestling. And like, you know, there's a difference between somebody who like does it, you know, four weekends out of the month, uh, or you know, four days out of the month, or like you know, maybe once every four months or something like that. And somebody who's done it in like 2001 and then like 2016 or something like that. You know, like there's nothing wrong with like finding one promotion that you work every show for them or something, yep. or you work every show that you can for them or something like that. Not yeah, all I of think- us have to just pour our whole lives into yeah. it like you and I do. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think as long as they're you know being respectful and they they understand that and that's what they're like. Well, more power to you. And I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I think about it often. I think we're, we're all chasing a dream. We have goals, but you, you also think to yourself, if, if other aspects of my life start to fall together, like thinking about what I have already done or what I'm in the process of doing, like that's always going to be really cool. Like sure. that's always going to be something you're really rewarded about. But at the same time, you, you, you know, you're giving it all because you, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> what you love. a contract, like, brother. <laughs> yeah. Like I, like I said, um, you know what you love and you know what you love and, and it's, it's gonna, you're just gonna keep going back to it. Um, but yeah, so I, so I, as I started to take it more seriously and I started to work for outside organizations, um, I think the foundation that I had at OGW really helped me quickly become like people are, you know, kind of, I kind of got some great opportunities, I guess, kind of early on or fast, but I sure. think, did you have a, a ref trainer of, that was there, like helping you learn how to learn? Well, Jim, Jim Molino like actually runs OTW. So Jim Molino mm-hmm. was an ECW ref. So yes, sure. he was very helpful in that way. 
Um, and, and so that was helpful. And then Brian and Justin Pusser, who um, is still involved with OTW. Um, Justin was trained by Matt Bourne. Um, so he was trained by a very great trainer. So even though that's not refs, they sure. were very old school and like an OTW old time wrestling, like the refs yeah. were important. And like, I was probably almost even a little bit too forceful there, but that was how it worked. Sure. And I know how I've learned since then, like, you know, which when you're definitely corner, still shines through with you to this day. Like, I wouldn't yep. say that you ever like are too forceful or, you know, you're like crossing a boundary or anything like that. But like, I've definitely described you before as like authoritatively appropriately aggressive. Yep. No like, guff. Yeah, uh, definitely. No guff goal. <laughs> uh, and it, I don't think it really rings true any more than when you're doing your count. Uh, I've compared you like recently to like uh, almost like a combination of like Earl Hebner and Red Shoes where you have like a very fast, almost intimidating count, but it's very like it's not wild and like, you know, like off the wall or anything. It's very deliberate and very like militaristic and mechanical. Mm. It's really interesting to watch. You're like we see so many different referees, you know, like uh, it's easy for us to just like not really pay that much attention to people's particular styles. And I don't think you do it in a way to, like attract attention or anything, but like from one ref to another, you're definitely somebody whose style stands out in my mind in a complimentary way. So right, I appreciate that greatly. And I think what, what I've, what I've learned from like in my OTW days being early on, I think I would have went to that style count. Mm -hmm. right away let's say the guy's locked up and they went in the corner i'd probably go to it right away and it's like well now we know it's the beginning of the match if it's not a hot angle if it's just a one-on-one we're not going to go right to a, a fervor count in the corner right away because we'll give them some time but if it's you know obviously a blood feud or if it's later in the match or we're building sure. to something so those are kind of the things that i've learned so much in the most recent years but i really appreciate all of that and it's it is it's interesting to to how much we can break it all down because people probably don't think that much about it. we know they don't which is, which is kind of the point of this is like exactly, you know, we're not necessarily exactly trying point. to like create ourselves uh, no, like characters no, for not. ourselves or anything but like there's a science to it and there's things that we analyze and that we think about while we're in there that we've never really had the opportunity to share with people on this kind of platform yeah. before so yeah. yeah please continue no and it's really it's, so it's always fascinating and, and, and like fun to talk about it and so I appreciate hearing that and, and, and kind of where that's at. So, so yeah, so basically that's kind of the, the, the story there in the long shot, you know, wanted to stay involved, uh, got involved, found my groove as a referee before, you know, it got, got fairly good on that level. And then, um, Moved up to the, next know, one. The, more, the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it more, the more I took it seriously. And, um, the more I learned and, and we're still learning, we're still striving and, I mean, the, the things that I have been able to do are really great. And now, you know, I know, Hey, this is, this is my avenue to achieve, you know, my dreams. So it's, it's, it's blessed. It's, it's a blessing. At what point? Uh, well, first, before we even get to that, do you remember your first match at all? I like to ask people about their first match. I don't, I really wish I did. What's, what's actually, the earliest uh, match that you can remember? Earliest one I can remember is probably the late, late 2013 is when I started. I know that sure. much. And, um, man, my memory used to be so great with everything. For those and of now, you out there who are listening, uh, you know, like I, I didn't realize that this was something I should be doing at the beginning of my career, but if you're just starting your career or you're in the track early your years, matches. Uh, yeah, track your matches, write down the track opponents, your matches. write down what company you were at, when it <sighs> happened. Uh, my trainers actually showed me like notebooks, plural, full of, uh, every match that they've had, every company they were at, every date, the winners, and what they were paid for every single match they've ever had. It was insane. And it was all handwritten. <laughs> uh, but yeah. anyway, the, the earliest you can remember. Yeah. So probably like November, 2013. Um, and uh, it was actually another gentleman, uh, Patrick Rick Richard Ream, who came into OTW on the same day I did. Uh, he ended up making like, he interfered in a strap match um, and to debut as a manager. And it was, um, and I had already been refing for a little bit. So I remember that kind of as a vivid moment of like when I started out. And I mean, I was refing a strap match. So that's kind of unique on, on my yeah, early right. quarter. I've never done and a lot of this. <laughs> stuff. A lot of the OTW stuff is on YouTube. So I do want to dedicate some time and try to like backtrack and start trying to figure out like, and look sure, at some of yeah. my old stuff. Cause I'm sure some of it's probably like 
Ugh, you know, like we all, we all know that, but also cool to see like what I was, you know, what I still do the same, et cetera. But um, I started, yeah, track your matches. I did start in 2019, which is so late, but I'm so happy I did. And then I, I, uh, I actually procrastinated with 2020 because it got so crazy, but I backtracked and was able to get everything there. So, uh, but yes, if anyone is just starting or has started recently, so it's not like going to be super write cumbersome, them <laughs> write them down. You can use the notes app in your phone and back it up. You can write it in a copy book. Just, just document it. Cause you, I, I really wish I did that, but you know, you live and you learn. Absolutely. Uh, you kind of touched on briefly uh, that, you know, 2020 was pretty wild for you as it was for everybody. Uh, what's the most recent match that you've done? So uh, I, uh, worked actually i worked camp leapfrog last last week um, very cool yeah leapfrog oh log. man yep. camp leapfrog if people yes. don't know what that is yet like get on your phones get on the google yep. get on all of the socials like camp leapfrog is such a great little passion project that's going on please tell us about your experience yes yeah, so so uh sam Laterna and chris levin chris levin a fellow referee who's done a ton for me um he they are uh you know doing camp leapfrog which is uh, a lot of the you know guys that the wrestlers from Chikara that are now there and a mix of many other people from all over local independence in our area of the tri-state area, PA, Jersey, New York, et cetera. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very like no drama, no BS. Like we're here to, to, you know, produce quality professional wrestling, entertainment, art form. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So we did a leapfrog live, which was an eighties theme show. Uh, last cool. Sunday on IWTV's Facebook page, so I was rocking the bow tie and the blue shirt right. for the first Saw time. That. I got great. That. Cool. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's those. So um, and the last match I ref that time was uh, it was Abby Jane versus um, Devontes, which was, was was pretty wild. And then um, the I, I was able to work on New Year's Day uh, with Game Changer with GCW, mm-hmm. and uh, I refed uh, Blake Christian and Lee Moriarty, which was very good um, i'm sure yeah i mean (laughs) if folks listening to this aren't like indie people (laughs) you know they don't really know like what's going on with like uh, blake christian and lee moriarty like uh 2020 and 2019 were like those guys years like lee moriarty is uh definitely you know if not the breakout star of 2020s like one of the bigger ones uh tiger style man <laughs> it's insane it's yeah. wonderful it's a, it's such a joy to watch uh did you have the you did i'm pretty sure uh the jonathan gresham lee moriarty match at yes Club. yeah yeah oh i was yep. so jealous brother <laughs> yeah it's, uh, oh, what a great match easily my favorite match i refed in 2020 but probably up there is one of my favorite matches i've ever left of um, course I, I mean how could it yeah. not be like jonathan gresham is probably my favorite wrestler in the world like yep. he's he's incredible uh but yeah yeah we'll get into that here in just a little bit we're gonna have like sure. a whole little section on game changer but i want to uh hear when and how you decided to like really commit to this because obviously you know you're at otw uh, and things are going well and you're kind of like a little bit of a part-timer and then you transition into like working in other places but I'm sure you hadn't really like you know committed to like I could probably do this as a career and get signed and like work somewhere on television yet when did that kind of happen for you yeah so um, basically uh, my first outside show out of OTW was another smaller company uh, D2W wrestling up in North Jersey uh, the Jersey uh, that- Devil uh, I do like to uh, have people um, explain out the abbreviations just in case people want to like uh, Google what it so is. That they're looking I for. actually don't know what the, I, I know. It's just, it's all right. I think don't it was, worry about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but check them. They're out. D2W. They're D, yeah. D2W wrestling. Um, and they, they run, you know, every first Friday up in North Jersey. So when I was, they, those are real good. Like, again, like simple uh, old school type stuff, but great. You know, have to be authoritative as a ref have to you know, really help me learn a ton. And, um, and one of the, the workers there, um, Jared Foster, he, um, he was uh, friends with some guys that were referees in, in the WWE. And um, they saw me work even for my first few nights in D2W. And, and he's mm-hmm. like, you, you have what it takes in terms of referee, the look, um, sure. you know, just got to trim up a little bit and, and you, you could get signed. And that was when I was kind of like, once you like hear it and someone yeah. tells you that, and it's, it's not just your friend or, or it's, you know, you're kind of like, Oh, all right. And then, so from that point on, um, 
just kind of like, you know, from there it was like, all right, let's, let's keep doing this as much as I can do it um, to pursue the dream. And I kept having fun and keep having fun. And then slowly, but surely like more opportunities came about. And again, a lot of it I think is, you know, obviously no, you know, being talented is one thing. That's great. But opportunity location. I mean, where I am geographically, who, you know, necessity. Yeah. A need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the, and the need. Yeah. And the need. So, and, and, um, and I think I could, I would argue five years ago, you didn't have a lot of like, I don't don't see you didn't have, but maybe I I totally know what you're talking about. And like, it's a point that uh, we've been making a lot on this podcast is like from like 2015, like you're saying, you know, like 2014, 2015, uh, I actually attribute this a lot to like the uh, indie boom in um, yeah. like main uh, main wrestling. You know how like CM Punk yep. and Daniel Bryan and AJ Lee yep. and all them they come in. They really made people a lot more aware of all of the indie places and kind of inspired a lot of us to get involved in wrestling. And to the point that you're getting at, there's a yep. big generation of intentional referees mm-hmm. who came yep. into pro wrestling at that time. You're included. I'm included. Nick Bonato, you know, is a little uh, earlier than we are, but like Jeremy Marcus, you know, like there's a whole crop of us that we all right around the same time came in and we weren't those guys that like couldn't wrestle and got stuck refing. We came in to be good refs. And I think it really shows with the like level of um, competition and competency that there is on independent uh, professional Mm -hmm. wrestling at this point with refing, because like there's always been very quality talented referees at the higher ups right and even at the higher tier like indie shows or whatever but now there's tons of really really good refs it is not necessarily cutthroat because we're all you know like very kind and gracious to each other as much as we possibly can be um but it's definitely very competitive um but yeah go ahead tell me uh yeah and no but that was that was essentially that and then like you you know uh, i mean you said everything really well there it was kind of like and even guys who probably were before that boom were then noticed more because they were again, just as good and like in the mix and we all care, you know, we all care and take pride and like want to learn, want to get better, want to help each other out. And I think it's funny in my perfect, in my professional, I don't say my career, my shoot job, you know, I worked in admissions and then I also worked in advancement and fundraising admissions. We would, you talk to other schools that might be in your area Mm-hmm. And you're not going to give all your secrets sure, because you're all still trying to recruit students to come to your sure. school. Yeah, of course. But when it comes to advancement and fundraising with your alumni, you'll share secrets. You'll let each other know what works, what doesn't work because you're not competing for those donors because they already went to your school. And then that way, I feel like with workers and then refs, there's, it's kind of similar. I mean, referees, we're not ever going to, you know, fear, theoretically we're never going to make anybody any money we could lose we could lose the company's sure. money yeah you, know, you screw things up right? but we're, we're there we're a glue we keep things together you're not supposed to be a character you're not supposed to be something unique so i think that's why we're i think more inclined to help each other not that workers aren't but at the end of the day if i help if i'm a worker and i help another worker to the point where he takes my spot or she takes my spot that's going to be like uh eh. you know whereas refereeing i think in yes a referee could take another referee spot but there's eight matches on the card yeah we're you know and and hey i want to hey can i get this one you got that one cool let's you know i get the main event tonight you got the main event tomorrow like i think that i've noticed at least working with most people like it's easy enough to, to do it that way we're all helping produce great great stuff where i think sometimes it's obviously a lot more competitive but to your point cutthroat competitive for sure and i think we all just care but i think the fact that we care means that there's more good refs out there which means there's more good wrestling and hey that's a good good thing (laughs) speaking of uh more good refs out there um you know you uh had mentioned that you were studying under jim all at the beginning uh in your experience since then um what kind of referees have you looked to as a mentor or have you studied uh, maybe not even one-on-one with them, but like study them on television. Who are the referees that really have kind of helped shape you as a ref? Yeah. So um, it's always hard because, you know, you see how things changed in certain areas where I think back in the day when we watched when we were younger, like it probably wasn't, there wasn't as much uniform to it, but sure. a lot of those referees are still doing it today. Like Charles Robinson. I love like, like, yeah. he's, I mean, it's an easy one to pick, but 
he's very animated, but yeah, you don't, he doesn't take away from the match. And it's very, I mean, that's a very delicate balance. Very right. Delicate. He knows how to toe the line like very well. Yeah. 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 And, um, and he's very genuine in his reactions, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think in some ways I've been able to do that, but I think sometimes we all kind of have to be aware of our, our overselling or like, and I, I've, my facials can be pretty expressive, which I think is a good thing, but sometimes you, again, you don't want it to take away. Um, I, so I have the same balance. issue with my own refing, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, I, I don't want to force myself not to react to things and be robotic and, you know, be disingenuine, but at the same time, like, I am a very expressive person and I'm a very excitable person and I'm very empathetic. Yep. So when I think somebody's hurt, it's all over my face. Yep. Um, and it, it, like you said, it's a hard uh, line to tell, but go ahead, continue. No, and I think a lot of that can be, give me good things in terms of you're adding to the story, not taking away from it. But sure. I mean, I hate to say cl- sound cliche, but I mean, all the guys on NXT they they do great work. You, you watch them closely. Um, I think uh, Sean Bennett's really great because he's, so like militaristic and cut and dry, but like, but so crisp. John Cone yeah. is, is also another one. I love that you mentioned them long. because there are uh, some refs that like, not that it's any fault of theirs or that it's a bad thing or anything, but like almost are like celebrity refs. Um, mm. And like Sean Bennett and John Cone, I don't feel like as many people would mention them and they are absolutely fantastic well, they I mean, are look where they top are. tier where they officials are yeah, yeah absolutely I mean, like john I mean, cone is definitely one of the more slept on referees like uh in yeah. the history of wrestling and like he is an incredible referee uh please and i'm sure in, in, in 10 in 10 years they're all going to get their just due when we start looking back because and then, you know and then um someone who's been very helpful for me since i did the evolve seminar last january is da brewer so because i actually yeah. met him so he's been helpful because once you can actually meet someone and make the connection it's always great and i mean brewer you know he was the guy you looked four years ago how he's now become based you know one of the main event refs for for nxt while it's on national television every week yeah. so kudos to him and, and, and great job so i mean there's so many we're, we're really fortunate just as much as we talked about how independent refs have really stepped their game up that has led the the ones that we see on television have stepped their game up and we all we're, we're we have a ton to learn from a ton to to soak and you know all from and then um it's funny you mentioned it because i've been watching some older stuff recently usually i I, I spent most of my time watching current product, but watching some older stuff lately, uh, you posted today on Facebook about some underappreciated refs and Jack sure. Doan was on there. And I was like, dude, watching some older stuff Jack Do- and now being a ref and noticing more stuff. I'm like, Jack Doan was awesome. He was Jack so Doan's good. amazing. And yeah, people sleep was, on him so hard, brother. Yeah, <laughs> he was, um, you know, I, I was just, I've been, again, just watching older stuff and I'm like, you actually he's, remind me a lot of Jack Doan. I don't know if anybody's yeah. ever told you that, but like, yeah. No, no, lot. I think it's similar with, yeah. I mean, he's, but he's just really solid. So, you know, I mean, it, it, you hate to be cliche and just name a bunch of people, but like, I mean, you know, there's a, it's, it's a, it's a uniform profession. So there's a lot of things you give and take and, you know, there's uh there's a lot to learn from, but those are, you know, some of the things that have helped a lot. Uh, Bryce Rensburg was, is a great help whenever I would maybe need anything, especially, when he was still before AEW and, and on a personal level, he helped me a lot with uh, and not so much inside the ring stuff, but outside the ring stuff, like how right. to handle social media, how to like, you know, just handle life and, and Locker room etiquette um, kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. And, and Chris, Chris Levin, who was, again, he's actually a, little, a couple of years younger than me, but he's been wrestling since he was 17. Yeah, so right. Chris was a huge help in a lot of ways. Um, so as, as a friend in, a, in that kind of way too. So, you know, we, we can all help each other, but that, that kind of answers a roundabout way of answering that question. So. Sure. You mentioned Chris, uh, you mentioned Bryce, uh, you know, like before we like really dive into game changer super hard, obviously you're in this position uh, where you've transitioned from like, you know, you're doing it for fun and you're doing it because you love it into like, I want to make this my like lifelong career. Uh, tell me about when you started getting those like big opportunities uh, when you started, you know, like doing the future of honors and how you found yourself in MLW. And we'll just go right on into GCW from there. Sure. So, um, so, so Chris does that. I owe Chris a lot. I think um, Same. Again, he's in the general <laughs> area. Um, 
And uh, MLW was in need of a referee for the October 2018 um, uh, taping in New York City. And, uh, and, and Chris, I think I had recently refed a show with him. So I was kind of fresh in his mind. And we were friendly before, but the, then he reached out. And was I available? I, I sent uh, MLW a match of mine. Mm-hmm. And then I was booked. It happened very quickly. Um, it was kind of like, whoa. And, um, and then when I did that taping, it was, it was a lot, it was a big learning experience. Um, I remember my Had you ever done television before that? Not to that level. No, no, that was, that was the first. So really, I I think I I worked with an earpiece before. No, no, that that might've been the first time. So it was um, quite the learning experience. Yeah. Throw Um, you right in. (laughs) Yeah. In in that match, um, it was, uh, there was a bloody nose. It was New York. So the state commission, I was kind of frantic. It, it wasn't, it wasn't the smoothest thing, but Hey, we live, we learn, we get better. So, Absolutely. And, and it, you know, so um, that was a great opportunity for me just in, in that kind of way. And um, from there, it, it just, once you kind of get some of that, those reps and then more wrestlers know you too, that also right. helps. I mean, um, I got to work uh, with Impact um, last fall for a doubleheader in like Scranton area, two hours away from Philly, because one of the workers recommended me because he from PPW he, and, and uh, Johnny Moran said, uh, you know, oh, we need another ref. Like, oh, Adam's in Philly. He's great. He, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, when that, one so, door opens, it starts opening other doors. Correct. Yeah. And then um, GC, Game Changer is funny because uh, <laughs> I love this story because it's just it's it, it's a great story of, of always staying ready um and and again how you can just also be fortunate and again i've mentioned already geographically how how fortunate i am so it was a in philly gcw is running a thursday show june of 2019 i'm aware of the show because i'm starting to realize you know game changers blowing up big and i you know they run in my area let's see what happens um but i didn't outwardly ask yet or, or you know reach out to anybody so um so i was aware the show was going on but i had worked my shoot job that day it wasn't in my mind it's a thursday so i um and i i end up going to the gym after work and i'm getting ready uh for my workout and chris hits me up on my phone and says hey are you around are you available for a show right now get here right uh, now <laughs> right like and i had a little bit of time to work with and I said, oh, yeah, like I, I can like. So I actually looked up where the, the uh, show was and um, it was at the Voltage Lounge. And my gym was literally like three blocks away from the Voltage oh, Lounge. So now here's the here's the here's the kicker. Here's where if you didn't out, have your gear, did you? Didn't have my gear on, so <laughs> always have your gear on you. And I yeah. actually no BS. I usually do have it on me, but I, I you know, for whatever it didn't. And um, fortunately, it was June. So there was not a lot of traffic. I got home in a matter of 15 minutes, plenty of time, got my stuff together, drove right back. No problem. Probably. Which again is just, you know, like it just goes right in hand in hand with what we've been saying this whole time. Geographic location is such a huge part of your opportunities in professional wrestling. You know, like I, um, I guess you'd say was lucky that I was crazy enough to take myself to LA every weekend or something. Cause like, you know, being on the West coast is nice, but it's still like 10 hours to LA, but like, yeah, being in LA uh, was like probably the most beneficial thing that happened to my career, uh, you know, just as far as opportunities, but you go home, you grab your bag, you head back over to the show. Go right yep. And then, and then I reffed my, my first uh, GCW show in June of 2019 with Chris uh, ended up doing the backyard wrestling show on 4th of July, ended up doing mm-hmm. the homicide tribute show, which you were there with me. Yes, sir. And then, um, so, whoa, was- whoa, whoa. We can't glance over that. I mean, how <laughs> wild was that show? How insane that show was, was that show? <laughs> that show was very insane. That was um, my first wrestling show in New York. And it was also, okay. I think my second show, uh, where a state athletic commission was present at all. And for those who are unfamiliar with what we're talking about, uh, the main event was Low Life Louie versus Nick Gage. And uh, Nick did his pizza cutter spot that he's done a million times before. And for whatever reason, things just didn't go the way that uh, everybody was hoping. And uh, yeah, the state athletic commission came out and shut the show down on the spot. Uh, and that was pretty wild for me. They yes. started talking about like cops showing up and stuff. And I'm like, yeah do I need to get out of here? Do I need to like hide my ref shirt or like get put my bags in the car? Like, well, what's the deal here? Is this like, how illegal is what we're doing? 
yeah, it was it was <laughs> wild, but you know, we, we, we got through it, so here we are. Yeah, <laughs> what no. a cool venue, too. Oh my um, gosh, the villain, such yeah. a cool villain. Yeah, very cool venue. And then and then when it was time to pick uh the next crop of refs, I think with Chris was um with the blood sport was coming up in September. Uh, Brett basically said like, well, you and Adam to start. And then, you yeah. know, that was, and he's, and then Chris is like, consider yourself regular. And then, you know, um, I actually did a little post on, I'm not always the most like active, active. Well, I'm active on social media, but I'm not always like the most reflective on the career. But when I reffed in June of 2020, uh, in Indianapolis, I reffed the main event. Uh, it was cool to know a year before that almost to the day was my first show with GCW. Yeah. So, um, and, and I'll be honest, I was kind of, I was really busy in April of that month. I remember of that year, 2019, April, super busy. May seemed kind of slow. You're kind of doubting yourself. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? Like, and then, you know, you're in the right place, right time. Of 2020? 2019. Oh, I was like, brother, yeah. it was COVID. It's okay. No, no, you no, can no. be a little slow. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Go ahead. Before, yeah, yeah. Back, back when life was a lot Normal. different. <laughs> let's be honest a lot better um and uh yeah i was like kind of and then then that gcw opportunity came up and then right. boom you know and then uh still was able to do a lot more stuff with mlw like i mentioned worked with impact future of honor um you know which which was great and uh yeah so it's, it's been it's been a it's been a fun fun ride and uh right. who knows what 2020 would have had in store because it started off great with evolve um did the Evolve seminar? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty certain that, like, uh, you know, Becky got hired. I got hired. Like, it seemed like the writing was just on the walls that you were, like, right behind us and that you were totally going to become full-time Evolve. Like, it, they were definitely trying to build up, like, a really core uh, roster of refs that would be there for everything. And, yeah, I, I think yeah. Uh, if we had gone maybe another month, <laughs> you probably would have been announced as the newest hire. But, yeah. I mean, obviously, that wasn't my decision, so I don't even know. But, yeah. Um, before we move off of Game Changer, I just want to like take a minute and like really um, take their praises for a second about like, uh, you know, you mentioned a year later, you were given the opportunity uh, to be in the main event. And like, it's pretty wonderful uh, to have a company, you know, and I think it obviously it's a, a can probably be attributed to the fact that like Brett was a, a referee for a very long time himself that, um, you know, they are willing to take chances on new people and they are willing to reward hard work and dedication. You know, like obviously uh, they took me to Japan after I had been there for a year, you know, it was like, yeah. it, they're an amazing uh, company that, you know, obviously like Fight Forever is about to come, you know, any second now, like a week or so away. Uh, yeah. We had the show in Vegas where they were raising money for everybody. They took the torch during you know covid and 2020 and really like no bones about it they were the independent leader of how to do safe professional wrestling during the covid era so like uh, yep. you know kudos to them and all the hard work that they're doing and it's it's fun it's a fun place to be i mean yeah. that locker room that locker room there is there's you know to, as a referee at least you know, no drama, no issue. I mean, it's it. Everyone's there to to put on and just kill it, and 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 that and have is fun very, and be around their and friends, have, yeah, and yeah, entertain and the crowd. Very, um, and again, I'm not like the most socialite person when it when it comes to wrestling at times, or like you know, but but it it definitely it resonates, and and there's a level of of comfort. There's a level of like we're here, and like you know, I try to help as much as I can in other ways. It, it's 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 good. It, it really is good, and it's like. And it's it because it's fun, even though it's hard work, it feels easy, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's not stressful. It's, it, it's it, you know, GCW is a lot of fun, it, it, it's a lot of fun, and I think that's why it's successful because they're they're ha we're having fun. Yeah, uh, you've talked about a lot of goals that you've accomplished over your career so far. You know, you've been able to climb the ladder uh, very quickly, you know, obviously due to hard work and dedication and uh, talent. And, Geo geographic location as we've been uh, harping on a lot what kind of goals do you have left for yourself if you know uh what what's in your near sight line and what's in your far sight line yeah so i, I think the, the far sight line is is getting a contract whether it's you know i'm not there's so many opportunities so you'd be foolish to say it yeah. has to just be one but 
at a time where wrestling, even despite this pandemic, <laughs> which is great if you think about it, you can only imagine if this pandemic never happened. I mean, wrestling, I, I, who knows what 2020 would have been. It, was, it would have been huge. But, um, you know, having this be a full-time job, contracted, making a living off of being a professional wrestling referee, Absolutely. that's the ultimate goal. So um, on a short you know, more of the short term to to uh, to ref for a Ring of Honor because I ref for Future of Honor, but I've never actually. And the fact that I was a big Ring of Honor fan in my teens, like that would be sure. really cool. Um, and uh, a lot of some since our last uh, podcast, that didn't air, <laughs> some of my goals have been achieved. I got to ref for Chikara, which was cool. Um, cool. Got to uh, you know again doing game changer main events, doing a television main event I got to do in 2020, a world heavyweight title main event. So really with all that, just um, those, those goals have really been achieved. So I just want to, you know, keep doing the best I can to, you know, get towards the, the ultimate goal. And, and I think by do by achieving smaller goals, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's cleaning up, you know, getting in better shape, uh, just treating myself better, trying to be a better version of myself sure. to get to the final goal of being contracted, but also just to be like, like a better human and like, yeah. and then better health and then better mental health. And then like everything else kind of falls into place. So, so it's, it's, you know, those are really the things that, you know, that ultimate goal is just leading up to those others. And then I, I think a reason why I don't have too many specific goals is because I don't want to get hung up on too much of not making sure this is still fun. Yeah. You know, because I think at the end of the day, when you show up to the venue and like, I think a lot of it's working with referees that I've worked with a lot of the same guys at this point. Like you look over the matches and you think, oh, I haven't worked with that person. It'd be cool to work with them. Um, and that's like another little goal crossed off. But I don't think too sure. much or get hung up on about all of it too much because let's just keep riding this out, doing it the right way, going about it the right way, keep working hard. And, and that will be, you know, the steps towards the ultimate one. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, you know, there, there definitely are some specific ones, but also if, if COVID wasn't happening, I'd probably be able to give you like, I want to hit this many matches or this, that, sure, thing. Sure, but, sure, sure. you know, with the way life is right now, you can't really just, predict anything right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really can't. So we're just trying to do the best we can. And like I said, I, I'm focusing, you know, you always do it with every start of new year, but better health, getting in better shape. You know, I really appreciate that you mentioned that you want to do that for like yourself, not so much just for like pro wrestling and like achieving a goal or anything like that, because like I think that's something that we really lose sight of and something that, you know, I'm kind of on a fitness journey myself right now and something that I'm like trying to really drill into my head like as I'm you know like running or lifting or like whatever it is that I'm doing as I'm you know like dieting like this is for me this is for me to feel good about myself and to have a longer life and a healthier life and a more comfortable life this isn't just because I want to weigh a certain amount or have a certain amount of inches or like whatever because that's what like a television company has decided I need to look like you know it's to make us feel better about ourselves so, yeah. cool. And and being a being an amateur wrestler who was in the best shape of his life most of high school, college mm-hmm. was pretty much in, in the best shape of my life, but I did cut weight in college. So then I kind of got an unhealthy relationship with eating a little bit after that because I didn't always do it the right way, which is yeah. totally on me. And then when you work, you know, anyone who's amateur wrestler, you work out as much as you do. Like sometimes if you get – my 20s were a lot of ups and downs in my weight. And I remember – or my, just my fitness. And I remember by like 2017, 16, I, I got myself back in really good shape again. Yeah. And I remember to your point, you're never really going to get it done unless you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, we've, we've like, and if you have other motivations, great, whatever. I, I mean, I'm only speaking personally. And I guess what you're, you're just saying about yourself, because, you know, you can have your own personal reasons, whether, you know, <laughs> a girl breaks your heart, I used to go for a run and I'd be like, ah, I wasn't going to work out anyways. Let me just go back. back (laughs) You know, that never worked when it was, when it was a healthy mindset, not like a vindictive or not like a rewarding when it's all right, you got to do this for you. That that is always when it worked. So I appreciate you saying that too, like harping on that, because I think doing those things to be a better version of yourself allows you to reach the, the goals that you want to ultimately be, the best version of yourself that you can be. And, and no one's perfect. We never will be. And that's important to remember too. So just do your best every day and, and, uh, and keep that positive mindset, strive for those goals that make you happy that aren't hurting anybody else. And, you know, that's, 
good way to live life, I guess. I mean, I don't have it all figured out, not even close, but it sounds good like that. So definitely. Uh, one last question before we get into our little uh, plugs uh, and all that. Sure. stuff. Um, you have had a unique experience. You've, you know, uh, been a head trainer at your uh, high school. You've put together a program yourself. You've gone through the experience of being a teacher and a coach and all of these things. You ever thought about training referees? Uh, I have, I definitely, I never thought about it outward. I think it's the first time I've actually put it into the universe with my words is, is sure. you asked me that question, but I think up here, I've definitely thought about it. I've helped guys before. It's, it's so, so extremely humbling when anybody asks for my advice. Refereeing sure. is, it's still extremely, but I've even had workers, younger workers. Cause like when you actually stop and realize like, I'm going to be 31 in March and you're like, oh, I'm kind of like, and I think some guys that are like, we're kind of older years. brothers to the guys that are, yeah. you know, yeah, and, just and getting th into that it. are workers, and they they kind of see like, oh, this guy kind of has his stuff together. So like, yeah, he, even even if he can't necessarily break down ring psychology for me, he may be able to tell me like, what's a good idea, bad idea. You and got one of your good I, brothers sending you a promo or something like that, or like, how do yeah, I get involved yeah, with yeah. this, or how does this promo shot look, or whatever? Yeah, or yeah, I get or it. Or when you're or when you're done refing a match and they gen, you know, when they genuinely ask, like, do you Please have any feedback, feedback or yeah, notes? And yeah. it's like, it's so humbling because, like, what do I know? You know, like, you, you know, and I really, I'm not just saying that. Like, sometimes it is, you know, I feel I do have something to offer, but sometimes I'm like, oh. I mean, you know, and, but that's always been very humbling, but I think, I think if I were to, I think I would need to reach a few, maybe a few more of those ultimate goals, maybe get more reps as on television, sure. um, wh whether, whatever TV it might be, you know, I'm not saying it would have to be like the top top, but if I think I had consistent reps with that, then I could say I could, could train, but I, I definitely could help lay, lay a base and, and help somebody. But I think in terms of like, revenue or anything like that i think i would have to get a little bit more up there just to to rightfully do that but i would love help of course. I, I love helping love coaching like it's it's something that doesn't really leave you and um and i yeah so that, that and it's like question. wrestling <laughs> yeah exactly so all right well we're winding down we're running out of time here and before we get going i would like to give you the opportunity that i like to give all of my guests to take a few minutes make sure you let everybody know where they can find you on social media and then if there are any shows, companies, wrestlers that, you know, whatever, uh, that you think maybe the fans or whoever out there haven't really had a chance to see, or maybe they've kind of overlooked uh, that you would really like them to like take a second look at, uh, please take the time. It's yours. Sure. So uh, for me personally on social media, I do have a Facebook, but it's kind of like mixed with my personal life. So if you friend request me, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe message me first, whatever it may be. Um, Twitter, all about it. So follow me on Twitter at ref Adam Galt. Um, Instagram, I am private, but I, again, cooler about, you know, that, and that's at no guff Galt. So, so follow me. That'd be great. Um, uh, do you mind spelling your last name for folks real quick? Sure. It's G A U L T. Oh, so perfect. Adam Galt. Yep. Fault, but with a G. Um, and then, uh, in terms of other things, promotions, well, obviously, most people know Game Changer, kind of like my, pretty much my home base now. You mentioned Fight Forever next weekend, all that good stuff, but GCW, you know, they're well known. Um, sure. I did mention Brian Johnson. Uh, he is uh, Ring of Honor, uh, um, contract with Ring of Honor. So if you watch Ring of Honor, if you haven't in a while, uh, check out Brian Johnson, watch his matches. Uh, you'll see he's very talented if you tell him that he'll probably insult you call you a bozo <laughs> and tell you to get back kind of <laughs> what he does um sure. but he is uh talented and, and checking him out uh would be worthwhile then old time wrestling which where i started the school no longer exists it's now actually in the location of h2o where matt tremont's doing great work uh but old time wrestling still exists they're on YouTube. They have tons of old matches and they're currently having um, shows called the canvas. So check that out on YouTube. Um, Justin Pusser uh, was, was really uh, a great help for me in developing me as a referee, Adam Chandler, um, another wrestler was, they're just my, they're my buddies. They're good people. Uh, Patrick Richard Ream, all of them are just good guys that I think they're kind of just, they're enjoying what they have right now with wrestling. And I think people would enjoy watching that. So those are my main things. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm, I'm so excited that I got to have you on here. Uh, you know, it's always a joy to get a chance to talk to you and just, you know, chop shop and all that stuff. And yeah, uh, compare notes and hear a little bit more about your life. Um, 
So thank you very much for being here. For those of you who want to support the Zebra Talk Fund, please head on over to prowrestlingtees.com backslash Zebra Talk. We've got t-shirts, we've got sweaters, we've got hats, we've got COVID masks, pins, we've got tracksuits that are going to be coming in any day now. Um, if you would like to be featured on the show and you're a referee yourself, please send an email over to zebratalk123 at gmail.com. That's also where you apply to the Zebra Talk Fund, which for those of you who are unfamiliar is a uh, nonprofit charity that I've organized where once a month we help uh, pay for someone to go to a new territory that they haven't really been able to afford to get to on their own. If you would like to find Zebra Talk on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ZebraTalk123. If you're not uh, part of Zebra Talk on Facebook and you're a professional wrestling referee, why are you not there yet? <laughs> uh, please find me on Facebook at Robert Odie Brown. And you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Odie1Kenodi. And thank you again for being here, man. I really appreciated your time today. It was great getting to hear from you. Thank you, Odie. My pleasure. Appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. See you, buddy.